Welcome to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. You're listening to our weekly worship service message. Thank you for tuning in. Maybe you heard the story about the the little girl dressed in her Sunday best, and uh, she was running to church one day trying not to be late for Sunday school, and as she was running, she was praying, Please, Lord, don't let me be late for Sunday school. Please, Lord, don't let me be late for Sunday school. And just as she was praying that, she tripped on a curb and she fell. Her dress got dirty. She tore her dress. She got up and brushed her dress off. And and she began to run again and pray, Dear Lord, please don't let me be late for Sunday school. Please, Lord, don't let me be late for Sunday school. And then she stopped and looked up. She said, But please don't push me either. Did you ever, when you were a child, want to be a superhero or to play as if you were a superhero? I remember my brother Jerry playing on the piano the old theme song of the show Batman. And my brother Tim and I would get on the couch and the chair and crash and bang and pow and and we were doing this, my mother didn't particularly care for it since we were on the living room furniture, and this was just last week when Tim and I were doing those things. (laughs) But I remember watching those old reruns of the show. Do you remember the old Superman series? Do you remember that faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound? Look up in the sky. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Do you remember that show, how exciting it was? And then when I got a little bit older, I enjoyed watching Wonder Woman. (laughs) And that's all I got to say about that. (laughs) That's all I got to say about that. But the fact is, these guys and gals had superpowers. And how many of us are here today and we need some supernatural strength or power right now in our lives? In our scripture reading, we see Luke writing his second volume. Luke was the author of the Gospel of Luke when he gave the basic foundations of Christianity. And then in Acts, he's writing about the expansion of Christianity and the expansion of God's church. And he talks a lot. And around 55 times in Acts, it talks about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us supernatural strength and power to keep on keeping on when we feel like giving up, when we feel like quitting the race, when we feel like dropping out the Holy Spirit gives us that supernatural strength and power to keep on keeping on. We've been going through a series over the last several weeks called Building Our Lives on the Promises of God. We've been using God's Word in a book by author, Pastor Max Licato called Unshakable Hope. Max Licato mentioned that in this life, sometimes we need a push. We need a little push to help us Keep on keeping on when we feel like quitting. 
And today we come to the next great promise of God in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And it's my prayer today that if you have been tempted to drop out, if you've been tempted to throw up your hands and say, I just can't, I can't do this anymore, then this message is for you. The message is that God has a, has a unique way of gently encouraging you and me, pushing us, if you will, to continue in the race called life. We look at the word push and and we look at how it can bring relevance to you and me. We look at the P and push, and it stands for power. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, did you know at the moment when we believed in Christ, when we professed our faith, we confessed our sins, we invited Jesus Christ to come in, that the Holy Spirit entered into you and me? Did you realize that at the moment? that we received Christ. In Ephesians 1.13, Paul said, Having believed, you were marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. You were marked in Him with a seal. In those days, a seal denotes uh, ownership. The Holy Spirit comes in, and we are no longer our own, but we were bought at a price, and now we are temples of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit now lives inside of you and me. Paul prayed this prayer for the Ephesians in Ephesians 3.16. He said, I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being. That we might be strengthened with power through His Spirit. I can't tell you how many times through the years when I've felt tired, when I've felt like giving up, when I've felt like quitting, when I've felt like throwing up my hands, I've quoted that most often quoted verse found in Philippians 4.13 when Paul said, I can do everything, all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now what's he talking about? Well, if you would read back in preceding verses, he talked about, I have learned the secret of being content. And he said the secret of being content was I can do all things, everything, through Christ who gives me strength. And I pray today that you would find contentment, that you would find peace, that you would find power, and you too, we quote, I can do all things everything, no matter what you're going through, through Christ who gives me strength. And that is the one who is dealing with the thorn in his flesh. Paul was the one that pleaded with the Lord three times to remove that thorn, that messenger of Satan from his flesh. And do you remember what the Lord responded in 2 Corinthians 12, 9? After he pleaded that, that God would remove that thorn. What did he say? My grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. Did you know that our human frailty 
opens up a wide open opportunity for the divine power of God to be displayed. Our human weakness and our earthly, fleshly uh, frailty opens up a, a divine opportunity for God's power to be revealed. When we are weak, then we are strong through Christ. And I'm so grateful we have that promise today. And this past week, I received a text message from one of our members. They're a Christian, but they were going through a very difficult time in their life and dealing with some serious health issues and other problems. And they said, Todd, is it okay for me to be discouraged? And they went on to say, is it wrong for me to ask God, why me? And I'd be willing to say, there are many of y'all here today who wanted to ask that same thing. Why me? Well, my response was, if you're saying why me, then praise God you're talking to him. <laughs> Secondly, I said, maybe change the why me to for what purpose? And to know that through our pain and our suffering going through this season, that our faith might be increased all the more. I wish it weren't that way. I wish we could bypass and be exempt from the pain and suffering to get to where we need to be in our faith. But not that God's doing it to you and me, but He uses it to increase our faith all the more. When you know the next day this person sends me a text and they had taken a picture of their devotion of that morning, and it was talking about rejoicing and being thankful and trusting God in your circumstance. Drop the mic, bam, right there said, God has a funny way, a sense of humor of showing us when we feel like throwing up our hands that he is still in control. Some of y'all are here today, and I know you're saying, my life is out of control. I don't know what I'm going to do next. But know this, we get a gentle reminder, a gentle push through His power. But then the you in unity stands and push for unity. We have the power and the unity. And you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Now, if we look at the Greek word for witness, it is martis. It means one who avows or testifies to what they have seen, heard, or no, we get our word martyr from the root of martyrs, which means someone who dies for a person or for a cause because of their testimony. And we are to be witnesses of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit provides us the power and the ability to witness and to get along with others. Did you know that one of the best ways we can witness to a watching world is that we get along with people? <laughs> There's so many times we kill our witness as Christians because we can't get along with anybody. We can't get along with ourselves. We can't get along with our spouse. We can't get along with our children. Can't get along with our schoolmates. Can't get along with our teammates. Can't get along with our people at work. We must make every effort, Paul said in Ephesians 4, 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
He goes on to say in Romans 12, 18, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And it's my prayer that it would begin in each of our hearts and lives, that we would strive to be people of unity. That helps our witness. You know how we do that? I told you at the moment that we believe and trust in the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes in. The fruits of the Spirit should be growing inside of us as believers. Let's remind you what they are out of Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And, and as I'm saying these, you be taking check, mental checks here to see if you have these fruits evident in your life. But the fruit of the Spirit, now you all ready? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many of y'all would say, and that's rhetorical, you don't have to raise your hand, that all those fruit are evident in your life? Now, how many of your spouses or children would say they don't have any of them? <laughs> they are, their tree is bare. When we have the Holy Spirit, then those fruit should be evident. That's how we can be a positive witness in our world, by having unity and harmony. That's how the church was able to, to explode there in Acts. After the Holy Spirit came, it said they were all together and had everything in common. They were all together. They were united. United we stand, divided we fall. They were united. There was unity. There was harmony. That's how God blesses His church. And that's how God blesses you and your family, by having unity. But not only do we have power and we have unity, but then the Holy Spirit also supervises you and me. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit supervises. What do I mean by that? Well, the Holy Spirit comforts us. The Holy Spirit convicts us. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit reveals to us. The Holy Spirit basically watches over our coming and going, both now and forevermore. And so we know the Holy Spirit is watching us wherever we might be, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Now, when Jesus said this, he was about ready to ascend back into heaven. And this has been called by many the Great Commission. Remember Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How is he with us always? Through the presence of his Holy Spirit. That's how he is with you and me, so you're never alone. Even though you feel like you're alone today, you are not alone, because the Holy Spirit promises to be with us. Now, think about how tough it was for the disciples after Jesus ascended to be able to be a witness in Jerusalem. Jerusalem was where they were, and that's where all the conflict about the crucifixion 
and the resurrection had taken place. There was still fear. And yet it said, you shall be my witnesses right where you are in Jerusalem. Sometimes the hardest place to witness is in our own home. Because there's conflict. People see the good and the bad and the ugly. And many times it's hard for us to be a witness because people want to say, or family, you're being a hypocrite. You don't act like that at church the way you're acting here at the house. Boy, if they knew the real you. But yet it says we are to be his witnesses. And Judea was the region in which Jerusalem was located. I'd be like here in the state of Kentucky, right here in Woodford County. That would be, would have still been difficult, but a little bit easier. But then when he said in Samaria, there was a real hate between the Jews and the Samaritans. There was prejudices. And after the return from the exile, there was intermarrying and there was so much hate and resentment. I shared at the early service, it'd be about like a Kentucky fan trying to witness to a Louisville fan. That was for comic purposes. Or a Louisville fan trying to witness to a Kentucky fan. But the fact is, it was tough. And to the end of the earth, what he was saying is, I will be with you, watching over you, wherever you go. And Jesus said this before he also went to the cross in John 16, 8. When he comes, referring to the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And we know that he brings that conviction in our hearts. And maybe you're here today and you're saying, man, you're talking right to me. I've shared this with you before. I promise I've not been talking to your husband or talking to your wife. I don't have your house bugged. When you feel like I'm talking right to you. That's the Holy Spirit talking directly to you. Somebody came through after the service and said, boy, you were talking to me today. I said, well, he's talking to all of us because we all need him and we all need his supernatural strength. And then lastly, we look at the H and push and it stands for holy. It's hard to talk about the Holy Spirit and not talk about the holy part. One of the primary functions of the Holy Spirit is to cleanse us from our sin to sanctify us that means to set us apart to do his holy work we read in 1 Corinthians 6 11 says uh, you are washed you are sanctified you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by his spirit the spirit of God We've been washed, we've been cleansed, we've been sanctified, justified, just as if we had never sinned through the blood of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross. And today I'm so thankful that because he is holy, we can be holy, to be different than the world. And then I also think we are to continuously be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's like going to the gas station. Sometimes we're running on empty. And we have to go get refueled. Did you know what Paul said in Ephesians 5.18? Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. That means constantly we're taking in not the spirits, but the Spirit of God inside of us. 
constantly living our lives filled to the top with the power and supernatural strength of Almighty God. And I believe somebody here today, if not many, are at that point where you're showing, I'm running on empty. <laughs> I am, I'm getting close to the end of my tank, and I need a fresh indwelling of the Spirit of God. I need to be filled today with the Holy Spirit. Well, I pray today that you would leave here filled, refueled, renewed, ready to start running the race for the Lord. And I want to close by sharing a story I've shared on many occasions. Forgive me for those of y'all who have heard it and seem like I shared it not too long ago, but it's a funny story, but it's so much truth and so many life lessons. I hope you get it. But many years ago, I had one of my former youth, when I was a youth minister, his name was James Lyles. He's the son of Jeannie Mitchell. He's a, he's a foreign missionary now in Egypt. And uh, James was running cross country at Georgetown College. And he asked me, the casual jogger, to run with him in a 5K race downtown Lexington. The Midsummer's Night Run happens in August. It's about 8 p.m. Thousands of people line downtown Lexington. And so, you know, I'm there in my regular gym shorts and T-shirt, you know, in my cheap running shoe. I didn't have all the gear and, and look like a professional. You know, run. I'm sitting there uh, stretching and, and doing my foot back. And well, anyway, James walks us up to the front of the starting line. And uh, I look behind me, and there's literally thousands of people. And I'm at the very front of the line. And I'm thinking, what am I doing at the front of the line? There's thousands of people. Well, we're up there and ready to go, and they fired the gun, and we take off. And I'm telling you, I've told you this before, I ran the fastest mile of my life. I mean, I was, when they were at the one-mile marker calling out the times, I thought, man, I wasn't running to have a good time. I was running for my life. There were thousands of people coming behind me. I was just trying to get out of their way. And as I was running, finally, I told James, who had these long strides like a gazelle, I, I said, man, you go on. I'll catch you. I'll catch you a little bit. Well, he, he takes off. And then I am just limping on that second mile, struggling. You know, they called the time. It was a lot more than my first mile. And, and by that time, and I, I don't want to spoil your lunch or anything, but I was, I was gagging. <clears throat> <clears throat> And I was getting to the point where I was about to quit. This is a true story. I'm going to put it in the book one day. This old lady comes by in her tight spandex pants. <laughs> Gives me a gentle pat on the back and said, you can do it. Basically, she was saying, eat my dust. <laughs> I have to tell you, I felt a renewed <laughs> challenge. I'm like, I am not going to let that granny beat me in this race. I didn't say it out loud. I thought it. And praise God, I was able to pass her. But when I went down that chute where they're taking your numbers off and 
downtown Lexington line with people cheering. I was about to blow groceries. I was about to lose it. But I crossed that finish line. I was like, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And you know what the relevance of that story is? Some of you are here, and you're about to quit. You're about to drop out before you cross the finish line. And you need someone to give you a gentle pat on the back to say, you can do it, Lord. Don't you quit before this race is over. You can do it. You keep in the race. You keep running. I could never step out of the pew and walk up in front of all those people and give my life to Jesus Christ. And yet there's a gentle spirit and a pat that says, I could never rededicate my life. I'm supposed to be living a Christian life. I've been a Christian for many years. I'm embarrassed that people know me in this church and they know how I've been living outside this church. I can never go up in front of all those people and get my life together. You can do it. I want to be a part of a church family. I've been visiting this church for months, even years. But I'm embarrassed to stand up in front of some people and I, I don't know what they would say or think of me. They think probably I'm already a member. A voice is saying, you can do it. I really want to make some changes in my life. I really want to get my life on track and I really want to give up some things I know that are not good for me and I've just been scared to do it. I don't know if I have the strength to do it. You can do it. The message is clear today. The Holy Spirit gives us a gentle nudge a push to say you can finish the race you stay in it you keep your eyes on the prize which is Jesus Christ let us fix our eyes upon Jesus the author and perfecter of his faith who did not grow weary and lose heart but he continued enduring all the shame so that we would not grow weary and lose heart Aren't you ready today to finish the race, to have a supernatural strength and power? And the message is, you can do it. May we pray. Father, I pray right now in the stillness of this moment that if there are any men or women or young people here that, Lord, have wanted to quit, wanted to throw up their hands and drop out, the devil would like nothing more. The thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus, you came that we may have life and have it to the full. Oh God, give us the holy boldness to come today to give our lives to you, to surrender our all to you, to turn our eyes, our hearts, our lives upon you trusting that you will bring a peace that passes all understanding. So God, give us that boldness right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Forks of Elkhorn Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We'd love to have you join us this Sunday at 8.30 or 11 a.m. For more information about our church and our ministries, go to ForksBaptist.org.